Hey guys, welcome back to Teen Muscle Radio and episode number 14. So today I'm lucky enough to be joined by my friend Dennis Mihov. And uh, yeah, basically last weekend, hence why there was no episode, I was at the uh, BNBF British Finals. And yeah, well, I saw this this teen on stage um, and lucky enough, I, I managed to get in touch with him really, really fast. And obviously here at Teen Muscle Radio, we've got a lot of listeners that are teens. And I'm sure there's a lot of teens that are really, really pumped to, to sort of listen to your story, Dennis. Um, and But yeah, before I go on any more about you, uh, basically give the listener an idea about what you're about. And uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, AJ. First of all, I'm Dennis Mihov, as he said. I competed recently in the BNBF finals, which was last weekend. And I won first place in my class, which is teens. I'm, eight, I'm at 17 at the moment, weighing wow. at around 175 pounds. Surprisingly enough, since the since the teens in uh, the BNBF finals, I haven't put on any weight. Wow, well, well done. I pretty much stayed stayed on the approximately same weight, just a little bit of fat, you know, yeah. going up. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. I'm from Bulgaria. I'm not full British yet, yep. but next year... Hopefully, I'll get my UK passport. Ah, okay. So, did you did you travel over just for the BNBF finals? Are you are you still in the oh, no, UK no, no. at the moment? I or I live in the UK. Okay. I've been living in the UK since the past four years. Brilliant. Okay. Cool. Um. So, what do you give the listener an idea about? Sort of what what your day to day life is at the moment in the UK? Are you here studying, or are you here with a job? What's going on at the moment in terms of your everyday life? Uh. At the moment, in my everyday life, it's just college and uh, bodybuilding at the moment. Wow, cool. I'm studying 3D games and design at the city of Oxford College. Awesome. And with that, I'm trying to compete in bodybuilding. And I'm trying to co- sort of fit in two workouts a day. Wow. It's difficult to get it, but if I get like a time gap in between, like even an hour, I'll try my best to put in a workout wow interesting wow i didn't know you were 17 like that shocked that shocked the hell out of me that's uh you're not the only one a lot of people um you've beaten like 19 18 year olds that were in their last year of the teens wow that's wicked (laughs) that's really blown me away okay cool so um give us an idea like take us back to right the start dennis so how did it all begin for you when did you start lifting obviously you're, you're still a very young individual but but when did you get into the gym and, and give us an idea as to how it started uh, my first ever steps in the gym believe it or not was when i was five years old wow. Wow. the first ever steps i made in the gym was when i was five years old and that was because i was with my dad and that's pretty much where it all began uh that day my dad had to go to the gym and get a workout in uh but at the same time he couldn't leave me alone at the house so he decided to take take me with him and when we went into the gym he gave me you know those little tiny like 0.5 kilogram weights or even a kilogram and he gave it to me he was like just do like this like a bicep curl like that <laughs> just do that go in go to the corner and just do that for like, until I finish, until I tell you to stop. And I, you know, I was a little kid. I was like, okay, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> went, went to the corner, just kept on doing that for like an hour and a half or two until he finishes. And from there, honestly, I just 
he kept on taking me to the gym. He kept on telling me to do that. I kept on doing it. Mm-hmm. And as time went by, I just found myself in the gym. Wow. Every single day. Every single day. So, how, like, when did you probably like properly start like getting into it, getting into the flow of things? Obviously, your first entrance was at five years old, which is the youngest I've ever heard in my life. Um, but when did you? When do you think that you really started getting into like sort of structured workouts and and really getting your head down with with the sort of the training? Uh, I would say at around eleven, mm-hmm. eleven, twelve. Okay, that's still really that's, young, wow. Well, in Bulgaria, they don't really have an uh, age limit like in the UK. Okay. In the UK, you know, they have, you have to be 16 mm. in order to start lifting free weights. But in Bulgaria, they don't have that limit. They just allow you to do it. But as long as you have someone, you know, having an eye on you yep, and yep. making sure you're doing it properly so you don't hurt yourself. Mm. Uh, so when I decided to actually start doing it more often and be serious about it, focus on uh like uh i went in and i took one of the fitness instructors with me and i told him that i want to start doing bodybuilding seriously yeah you know back then because i was just 11 or 12 the guy was just like are you fucking serious are you out of your mind you're still like fucking this young age and you want to do it seriously and i was like yeah yeah, yeah i want to so he told me a few stuff here and there, like the big exercises, you know, bench press, squats, deadlift. Yep. He told me to try and get him at least at least once a week each exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told me to do bicep curls, this and that, and, you know, the basic stuff that a guy would tell you. Sure. And yeah. I started following that, but then nutrition-wise, I started seriously at like fourteen, fifteen. Okay. So I was mainly on weights for. Wow most of my you know see that's that's mega interesting that's part and parcel of why you're so successful at such a young age is that you've had like a properly decent five to six years of relatively okay weight training which for some is like they're you know they might start at like 16 therefore they're a good you know three years behind you so the fact that obviously you know the Bulgaria hasn't got weight uh, you know, age limits in terms of their entrance to the gym is is actually potentially a beneficial thing in terms of you know reaching your you know your peak when you're young and then you know building from that and I think that that's probably why you know you stood out on stage at the weekend is that you know you have had a lot of training years behind you and probably somewhat you know you've caught up to the likes of the you know the 19 year olds which are you know essentially older than you but you've had a good you've had a good period in the gym so you know when when you were 12 obviously that's really really young to to sort of get into the gym and get really into bodybuilding and asking fitness instructors for help, etc. So did you have any other hobbies at all or was it really bodybuilding from the beginning? Um, it was not bodybuilding from the beginning. Um, okay. In a way, I had like basketball in behind doing that. I was training for, uh, you know, the local city team. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in a way, I was trying to get like a little bit more explosive strength into my legs mainly right. to try and you know be able to jump mm-hmm. because white people can't jump <laughs> and uh, I was doing a lot of squats like I've noticed myself that since a young age I was doing a lot a lot of squats and a lot of deadlifts obviously at like 12 12 years old I was doing like the minor 40 kilograms on squat or deadlift but 
I was trying to focus more on my legs okay. instead of upper body wise. Upper body wise, I was like, I just need to pass the ball. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Like, basketball was the main thing. Volleyball as well. But then again, that's again legs mainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was about it. Uh, other than that, I didn't really focus on anything else. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Like a lot of people will transition usually from one sport to another. So they'll have like a sport that requires some gym element to progress. So like with you as basketball, you needed legs, like power in your legs to jump. Whereas some people might have, you know, in the UK, rugby is very popular as a transition. So they'll play yeah. rugby. They'll want to be bigger to scrum and to tackle people. And they'll go to the gym, they'll put on some size and then they'll be like, oh, well, actually like training more than doing rugby so i'm going to be a bodybuilder you know so there is that transition there quite often and it's good to see that obviously you've had that as well um in terms of your progress when you were 12 years old and still developing obviously it's, it's difficult to notice progress but for a 17 year old you have a lot of muscle like a lot of muscle you know enough muscle to win a british championship which is something you know quite incredible so when did you notice that you were really making some gains, so to speak, and you were sort of getting bigger than your friends who were maybe like 13 <laughs> and 14 years old. So I like, ah, you've gained some gains, but... Yeah, yeah exactly that. <laughs> well, if I have to be honest, like at the age, I would say 15 is when I actually noticed like I was getting bigger. I was getting absolutely, you know, from a steady pace to like whoop like that. Right. Uh, but then again, I think it's because mainly I switched gyms because uh, I've been living in Abingdon since I was like 14-ish. Sure. Uh, and I went to, what was it, the White Horse Leisure Gym. Okay. And obviously, because it's a leisure gym, it had more like machines than weights. Mm. So I had to kind of work around that. And yeah. I did. I was using more of the machines than the weights. But then I switched to Results, which was a really heavily weight-type gym. Like, you know, one of those old-school gyms. Sure. And from there, I had kilograms of kilograms of steel available for me to lift. And from there, I just noticed myself, like on my squats, for example, uh, because obviously in the leisure they had limited amount of weights. I could yeah. only like squat about 80. Okay. Uh, as soon as I went to results they had a lot more steel available for me so i went from 80 to 100 to 120 140 i was being able to stack up weights just like nothing and my body just exploded into gaining size wow so you think it was primarily because you changed gyms you were able to use a lot more maybe equipment more weight on the bar and then you started to progress did you get strong like really really quick have you always been someone that gains strength quite quickly and adds mass fairly easily or were you sort of in, a hard gainer in terms of strength wise i've always been strong like since uh, i noticed that like when i was 12 or 13 i i could easily pick up like say a 30 kilogram dumbbell mm-hmm. and do like a chest press or, or for one rep well not for like 12 yeah uh, but i was not i've always been type of a strong guy but i was never the big like a big guy mm-hmm. i was i tend to be like you know the normal guys not too big not too small okay but i always had strength behind me so yeah, sure. 
as soon as I started pu putting up the weight up, my strength just went beyond. And I, I set my personal record at squats at 260 kilograms on 16 years old, and I haven't touched Jesus that. Jesus Christ. So wow. Was that, was, could... was that with knee wraps or a belt? Or... Oh, it was, it was absolutely raw. No belt, no <laughs> knee wraps. I know it's hard to believe, yeah. but honestly... What do you squat now, Dennis, like during prep? Do you squat lighter during, or... during prep, I have to squat lighter because because of the fact that I've been training them like a powerlifter, like yeah. 200 kilograms unusual, my legs just can stack up water and glucose like crazy. Okay, so they get Honestly, really watery as a result of training them like, too heavy. Yeah, they will pack up size. Like mm. my legs can pack up size instantly, like a click of a finger, they'll be, they'll be big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it comes to shredding them down... Mm. They're quite a tough bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find that, like, going off on a tangent, but have you found throughout this prep that maybe your upper body gets lean quicker than your lower body then, and, like, it's a struggle to get your legs lean? Yeah. My upper body can shred down quite quick. Yeah. It's kind of like, with my legs, size is really easy, but shredness is hard. Yeah. For my upper body, shredness it's easy, but gaining it's a it's a tiny bit harder than usual. I'm exactly the same boat as you. <laughs> exactly the same boat. And it's I annoying. Like, so when I saw the pictures, I was like, I'm shredded as bone dry up top. But my <laughs> yeah. legs, they could deal with more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought on like uh, last weekend, I thought your legs looked really good. Probably, probably the best in terms of, you know, overall development in the lineup, hence why you won. Um, but <laughs> in terms of like condition, there was one guy that was maybe slightly crisper in the legs, but he was he'd lost out a little bit on mass to you. Um, Jack that's, yeah, that's the fun. Yeah, just a little bit like a doc. He was his adductors were in, which are very hard to get. You know, I I didn't get anywhere near sort of that level, which is you know very difficult to get. My my legs are just a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They want, they want to keep the size. They don't want to get rid of it. They don't want to shred. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so in terms of my final question as to sort of how you got into things, etc., before we move on to your prep, what did your sort of like family, friends react to this sort of love for training and bodybuilding? You know, you say you train two times a day. So it's a, it's a you know, we talk about this a lot and it is almost a bit of a selfish sport you know because you're spending a lot of time thinking about yourself doing your own meals doing your own training so did you ever have any sort of conflict with friends or family about your training or your decision to to follow bodybuilding when i think about it not not that much when it comes to friends my friends have always been like go ahead do it do it do it they've always pushed me like even if they're not in bodybuilding they'll always tell me go to the gym come on do it push it push yourself sure. it's something to enjoy in terms of family, though, it was 50-50. My dad was always supportive, as usual. Like I told you, he got me to the gym at fucking five years old. Like, yeah. <laughs> he was always supportive, but my mom, my mom was really, really unhappy about it. Oh, no. She, she was always like, uh, you know, just a hobby. You cannot do anything with it. Mm -hmm. It's a complete waste of time for you going up there. She always wanted me to, like, focus more on studying than actual do doing sports or anything mm. she just never never until this weekend actually that she started supporting me on it wow did she watch it the weekend at all or yeah she yeah. came she came up with me to scotland wow. uh and she watched me obviously compete mm -hmm. uh but until then 
she was never actually supportive. She never thought I could do something with it. And until after that weekend, she was like, great. Yeah, you're now British champion, and that's what you needed to do to impress her. <laughs> and, and now and now she's push, pushing me to do the world as well. Like, yeah. when I came off stage with the world's invite, I was actually quite 50-50 on doing mm. it because I'm at, I was absolutely tired. I yeah. wanted to take a rest. I wanted to enjoy some food, enjoy quality time with friends and family. Good but then she you. was like... Oh come on! You just got a world's invite. Come on, you have to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, so I was like, yeah, I might as well do it. Yeah, I honestly think you know, once you're given that opportunity, it gives you a whole new level of motivation. Um, <laughs> you know, which we'll talk about at the end. So, in terms of um, moving over to bodybuilding um, and also finding the BMBF, obviously you've competed in the BMBF this year. Um, how did you sort of get into that? What age were you when? You know, you've because I don't. I I've obviously seen you only at one show. I, I didn't actually see which qualifier you did. You were one of those guys that just popped out of nowhere and won the <laughs> won the British Championship exactly like last year. The guy who won the BMBF Championship last year he just popped out of nowhere. I was like, who's this guy? And he suddenly won it. <laughs> um, so maybe that's the that's the secret to winning it is you've got to pop out of nowhere. <laughs> but um, be that little underdog that comes yeah. out. of that's it um so how did you first off go back to sort of the start how did you find out about the bmbf and what was the the turning switch for you to to go on a prep and and get ready for a show actually the first time i heard about the bmbf was um i think it was like june or july okay so it was quite like it's not i would say it's quite late than usual yeah 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 uh, and that's when I, it's because of my coach, he introduced me into BMBF and he wanted to do the BMBF as a competitor, as my first competitor stage. Right. And, uh, from there, since I realized that what needs to be done about the BMBF, get the membership, mm-hmm. uh, I try, I signed it up and, uh, the qualifier that I won was the North Manchester one. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that was the, so the. Uh, when was the Manchester one? Uh, it was like... It was like August, 21st of August? Yeah, yeah, it was quite late. Yeah, it was, one, it was it, second it was to last actually, or the last one? It was the last one. It was the latest one yeah. possible. And uh, that was pretty much it. That's the way I found out about the BMBF. Through your coach. Interesting. To be honest, I'm quite happy it was my first competitor stage. It was amazing. Yeah, mate, honestly think that it's it's literally the best one you can choose. In terms of your overall stage time the you know the lighting the setup the day itself how you're made to feel um i think it is one of the you know one of the best federations in the uk you couldn't have picked a better one especially for a teen you know you get you get competing against teens in a teen class um and you know for a 17 year old that's that's something that's sort of necessary if you if you had to jump up to under 23s i'm sure you'd still do well but it would be a it'd be a big jump (laughs) that'll be that'll be a bit of a stretch yeah (laughs) so so you've already mentioned that you've obviously got a coach. Um, how did you get? How did you find out about your coach and and sort of when was the uh, deciding point that you were ready to to embark on a bodybuilding prep? Um, the day I found out about my coach was a f- now this is kind of tricky. I can't remember exactly. I think it was okay. the beginning of this year of February. Okay. Uh, one of my mum's friends uh, saw me, you know, like topless making my meal. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was just like making a simple salad with some che- with some cheese on it and tomatoes. And uh, he saw me. He was like, "How old are you?" And I just told him 16 because it was like just before I turned 17. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, "What? Yeah. You fucking lying to me?" <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Fucking there you go. Have this passport thingy. Fucking look that I'm not lying." And uh, he told me, "Okay, give me your number. Give me you know your Facebook, and uh, I'll meet you up with a guy that's." you know, really into bodybuilding. Okay. And I was like, okay, there you go. And uh, in the next few, I think it was the next week uh, that I actually got a message from my coach. Mm. Uh, and he obviously asked me a few questions. He was like, how old are you? Wait, like, how long have you, com- uh, not competed, but trained? Uh, what's your personal best on bench press, squat, deadlift? Uh, how often do you work out? Are you serious about it? I answered all of those questions, and then he wanted me to compete as soon as I answered all of them. He said that he wants me into his team, so I agreed on it, and from there, uh, we started like doing like a bulk prep, okay. but not, uh, he told me what to eat up to, say, about June or July. Okay, yep, yep. Uh, he t- told me what to eat until then. I eat that, then actually from there, my dad helped me to bulk up a little bit more he was my dad is like fucking a bulking person he he, he can get me from 170 pounds to 200 pounds in like a fucking <laughs> week and uh i did that and then the day we decided to start prepping seriously for the bmbf north manchester was just the beginning of august wow wow and what so, weight, what weight were you then, Dennis? What weight were you at the beginning of August, like when you decided to start? <laughs> what was that like a four week prep? Yes, <laughs> it was a four week prep. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, okay, so what was your weight at the start? So you did like a little mini bulk. What was your weight at the start of that prep? Uh, the weight was around one hundred and ninety pounds. Okay. Uh, the thing is, it was quite interesting though. I was at around 12% body fat, so it was quite easy to work around it and scope it down mm. because body fat was not that high and it was easily cut it, cuttable. Okay, okay, sure. So you, so what was the like? I'm just going to skip into these questions because I'm finding this interesting. <laughs> so what was the what was the approach like when you hit like August time? Um, so you are like 190 pounds, you say. So your stage weight, at the British was. 175 so that's yep. that's like a that's like a decent amount of weight to drop so what how was your approach for the qualifier and you know what what did your you know did your calories change much from your bulking to your dieting what happened with cardio give us a bit of a roundup as to how it started basically how it started is my calories dropped down a bunch mm, okay. like from here they would go down to there okay instantly in one day which is quite a surprise and it was quite a shock for the body because that's a huge drop when it turns calorie and especially when you're carrying around a big chunk of muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's quite a big shock and surprise. So the body starts obviously to burn everything as much as it can. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, what happened was with cardio-wise, my cardio just spiked up. Mm-hmm. I started doing from... It's, it started to increase as weeks went by. Like, first week I did twice a week, 
twice in that week cardio then it was three times then it was four times and as soon as it came to the last three weeks I started doing cardio like five to six times a week okay to the qualifier and uh, obviously as that clo- as the qualifier closed by and time gets shorter and shorter uh, my calories kept on dropping and dropping wow okay so did you consistently throughout the whole sort of four or five weeks were you consistently going down in terms of weight and how often were you weighing yourself on us on the scales I was constantly dropping weight yeah. uh, surprise I think it was like half a pound a day Wow, Jesus. Const- constantly dropping weight because okay. of the huge calorie drop mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was weighing myself probably every two, three days. Okay, okay. But, you know, in terms of that difference between those two, three days, I would say I was dropping about half a pound. Wow, okay. So, from like a, you know, from like a uh, holding on to your muscle perspective over that short period of fast dieting, do you think that you, you know, lost a good amount of your muscle? Do you think that you could have been... You know, had you given it maybe a bit more time, do you think that you could have been even bigger as a 17-year-old on stage? Or do you think that the sort of the very fast approach worked for you because you were able to just get in and get out? What do you? Th- what were your opinions on it? For the qualifier, I think my muscle actually stayed relatively decent okay. in terms of size. Yeah. In terms of size, they stayed relatively decent. But in the qualifier, I was not as ripped as I came to the finals. Right. At- all I'm going to say is that the finals, you, that's going to be the lightest I've ever been. Really? 175. That's the lightest I will ever be in stage. Yeah. So you're only going to be, obviously, heavier in the future. What do you think, um, you know, what do you think in terms of the the approach you took to, like, calories, cardio, etc.? Do you think there's anything you'd massively change about it if you had like another shot or another go at, 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 the, at the prep that you just did what I would do is probably bump up my carbs a lot more just before my show mm-hmm. because you, you probably didn't notice it that I was a bit flat on my upper body yep 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 and that's probably the only thing I would change other than that nothing else because I came out bone dry and you won yeah so you wouldn't want to change the result either i wouldn't want to change it but i would just bump up the cars a bit more like 200 yeah. more yeah just can bulk up the body yeah i think so i think that's a good idea and a sensible one so in terms of like nutrition obviously you were you had an awareness of your calories so you were tracking um your sort of your macronutrients to some perspective so you knew oh, how yeah. many carbs fat and protein you were having were you on sort of like uh, every single day was the same? So were you on a meal plan or would you it promote some sort of you know flexibility? Would you change in and out foods? What was your approach like? Basically, uh, when it came to pre- preparing for the competition, my food was limited to like three sources of carbs, which was sweet potato, oats, and uh, brown rice. Okay. And those were my free foods. And as the weeks go by, each one gets cut out. So, for example, after the first week, the brown rice will go. Okay. After the second week, the oats will go. So I'm left with just the sweet potatoes. And pretty much sweet potatoes will be the only thing I'm going to be eating up until the last week, where the last week is absolutely 
I would say the last a week and a half, not the last week, but the last a week and a half. Yep. I cut out sweet potatoes as well. I go on an absolute low carb, mm-hmm. and uh, for about two, three days, absolute low carb, uh, and then I go on the bulk up, which is carb loading. Yeah, yeah. So you do sort of like a mini deplete, and then you carb up for the show. Yeah. Interesting, interesting approach. So do you do anything to – do you know whether your overall protein changed at all throughout the diet? Um, and did you start with like high protein did, did or did protein stay the same the whole way through? Protein went up quite significantly a lot than what it was oh, okay. at the beginning of the prep. Right. Because I'm usually a big eater. I okay. love eating big. I love big like not just dense foods but I love like give me one humongous ball of oats in the morning I love that yeah same (laughs) that's the type of person I am yeah so to go on a really strict like small eating diet it was difficult for me so Mm. what happened was in the beginning of the prep I was on 300 grams of carbs which that's extremely high yeah Uh, and then I, I noticed that at the last week I had about 500 grams of protein wow. as the carbs went down <laughs> Jesus Christ that's a lot that's a huge amount of protein I had to <laughs> yeah I mean you know the, the thing is obviously you know pro- protein and carbs obviously carry the same calories per gram so do you think that you know whilst obviously you said you know you, when you train your legs heavy you hold a lot of glucose and sort of stuff like that do you think that you know, potentially, if you kept calories the same, do you think that you know you could have got away with having more carbs and less protein? Do you think that that could have worked at all, or do you think that the the sort of the higher protein approach maybe kept you slightly more f- like full in terms of like hunger levels? Do you think that you could have ch- made any changes to that in terms of like the the split of macros that you had? Yes, I think that if I actually consumed a little bit more carbs, that would have kept me fuller. The muscles would have been fuller and they would have been, uh, I don't know how to say it, like packed. Yeah, they will, yeah. they will be staying there. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just being protein-wise, it did kind of keep my stomach busy. I was not as hungry. Yeah. But yeah. I think like uh, in terms of muscle, I would say that I would prefer carbs than just protein. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that front. Like, if I saw, you know, if I saw a diet, you know, totally from my perspective, obviously, you know, you would never argue someone who's done as well as you. But from my perspective, you know, I'd I'd sit, I'd even sit protein even lower in, you know, comparative to where I, you know, where I think the high end would be. I well, I remember like towards the end of my prep I dropped it pretty low um and just favored carbs because otherwise my my training would go to shit my physique would go to shit and that's not ideal when you obviously you're on a pursuit no, to ma- maintain as much muscle as you can um you know whilst protein is obviously there to promote protein synthesis and make sure that you do retain muscle it's also important to remember that if you don't have a stimulus, which is your training, then you're not going to retain it at all. Exactly. Um, so that's where a lot of people mess up. Yeah, and they, you know, they'll diet in a very odd manner that makes their training go to shit, and then they wonder why they've lost all their muscle. <laughs> um, so, in terms of training, did you change anything when you started prep? Did any like split change? Did you do more or less? Give us an it's... idea as to how you trained. 
the only thing that changed was just cardio. In terms of weights, I kept my approach to weights the same way I did because it just worked absolutely perfectly for me. Yeah. And um, the only thing I would say is that, like, as weeks went by and, like, I went to, like, the second week out or last week out, my training just kind of went into more pump-wise. It was not, like, heavy. It was not... Okay. High sets. It was literally just uh, as light, not as light, but as like medium light-ish weight mm-hmm. for yeah. like four sets, fifteen to twenty reps. And do you think that that was because the heavy stuff was really hard, and it was difficult to do the heavy stuff because you were obviously you were lean, and maybe were you fatigued as well? Do you think that that paid a sort of a, a price in terms of your overall training performance? Yes, my fatigueness did kind of take a lot out of my workout out in terms of the second week out. I I would say if I go back, I can definitely pack up like on some exercises fairly heavily. Like my back, I can easily do T-bar row with like 100 kilograms, Mm. like at least three, four reps. But it's not going to be as good as a form as it would normally be when I have high carbs. So I prefer to stay away from it. Mm interesting so what does your sort of like you said you kept training the same throughout most of the prep so what does your standard training split look like across a week and and how would you would you change you know anything about rep ranges or you know anything like that or will you just keep things similar and run the same split for a while my usual split would be like a big muscle group with a small muscle group like chest and tries or chest and buys or sure back and buys, back and tries, legs. Yeah. Interesting bit is before my prep, I used to train legs alone. Okay. But as soon as my prep came in, I started to fit shoulders with my legs. And in a way, it kind of did work quite well because when I'm doing like say deadlift, which works a little bit of the back, and then I go into a shoulder press, it actually does work a little bit of the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I found that it works quite well in a way. But... Mm. I would usually keep it the same split, big muscle group, small muscle group. I would keep the same muscle groups in that day throughout the whole prep. I would just tweak some of the exercises. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Um, So you wouldn't change like much about it. You'd still do heavy stuff until the end um, and then just do the pump. Okay, cool. So in terms of, um, you know, your, your approach to... Um, your training when it comes to tracking workouts would you log anything do you do you like log your workouts on a spreadsheet or on a you know on a notepad or do you just how what's your mentality in terms of going into the gym um, to sort of progress how do you track that that's my favorite bit because I usually don't tend to track it okay the thing that I do is I always just walk in and I'm like okay I feel like I need to do more of this I feel like I need to do more of that mm-hmm. And I just, in a way, like before going into the gym, I'll look at myself in the mirror and I'll be like, yeah, maybe like say the upper chest needs a little bit more work, say the lower chest needs a little bit more work, my bicep needs a little bit more work. I'll look into it and I'll be like, okay, I think I've figured out what I need to do. And as I walk into the gym, I just follow with that plan and see how it goes. (laughs) I I, I don't like slapping my workouts in the spreadsheet or something no it's as helpful as it may be i just prefer to walk in and be like yeah i know what to do mate i I literally i totally appreciate that because 
I've found quite a lot of the time when you're putting stuff into spreadsheets, when you're tracking it in a notepad, you know, whilst, you know, like you said, it is helpful, you can also be over analytical. So you can, you know, you can really think too much into your training when, you know, the old school guys would just go in and crush a workout. And, you know, there's been several times when, you know, I'm the type of guy, you know, I don't know if you know, but I, I log everything, I log all of my stuff. Um, there's been some times when I'm like away if I'm on holiday or on a trip and I'll and I'll be with a friend and you know I won't have my logbook or my spreadsheet I'll go and exactly I'll just, like, I'll that's just the crush thing. it and then I'll be like that was actually really enjoyable and I really like it, that. It, it's way more enjoyable because yeah. you're not on an actual strict spreadsheet which mm-hmm. tells you what to do yeah. I find it more enjoyable yeah I, to- I totally agree that I think you know it is more enjoyable um, you know, especially when, especially when you're low carbs and you're like yeah. absolutely angry as fuck. <laughs> it does give you more motivation to just go in and crush it. Um, you exactly. know, especially when you get momentum going. Yeah, and yeah, it's interesting. I think you know maybe once in a while I'll do a I'll do a crush it workout. <laughs> no, make sure it's at least once a week. At least once a week, make sure you get it in. Mm, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Right, so. In terms of um, your overall like stage experience, both in the qualifying and the British finals, how would you how would you rate the day itself? And did anything come to you as a shock in terms of you know the posing, the routine, or anything like that? Or did you just sail through it and, and really enjoy the day? If I have to rate it out of ten, I would say it's just ten on both days. Awesome. It's the way I just love the BMBF after both of these shows it's just like when you go up like when i was up in the qualifier i was actually quite stressed in a mm. way because it was obviously my first show i was unaware of what's going on sure. i didn't know what the fuck to do i was just going with the flow but the way the bmbf does its stuff it's so well done so smooth that in a way like as soon as you go up in stage the stress is just out of the way absolutely mm. It's like you've just went to take a piss and you're absolutely fine. <laughs> it's it's honestly like that. It's the way they do it is just amazing and I'm honestly going to be keep on going back to this federation. It's just amazing. Yeah, I I totally agree and I think that you know when I when I first competed back in 2014, I was hella stressed like you. I mean, I wasn't I wouldn't say I was nervous. I was just like I was just stressed out because I didn't know what yeah. it was going to be like. And, um, you know, when I got there, it was just so easy to, to do it and so easy to go through the motions. And, you know, I've competed in, in all sort of the main three of the natural federations in the UK. Can I honestly say that, you know, the BNBF do 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 a very good job. Um, Their job is amazing. In terms of everything. And, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, in terms of what you changed, obviously you said... That you sort of got a bit leaner for the the uh, the British. Um, in terms of what, let's you know, say what what do you think you need to improve on or you know do differently to become world champion in in Miami? Um, and how do you think you're going to do that? The thing that I need to do is just try and bump up the carbs a little bit and try and kind of like lean off protein. Yep. Because honestly, my body's like, if I have to say, like I said in the beginning, my body has pretty much kept the same weight since the uh, since the finals. Yeah. And uh, on the day of the finals, 
if I have to say just by pictures, I was probably at around three to four percent body fat. Yeah, yeah, you were pretty lean, yeah. And uh, I measured myself yesterday, and surprisingly enough, after all the fucking junk food I ate, and after like fucking chocolate after chocolate bar after chocolate bar after fucking humongous burger and shit, <laughs> <laughs> I was only at a, a, at around five point five percent. Yeah. So that's not a change at all in yeah. terms of body fat. So in a way, there is no reason for me to stay on low carb. I need to bump up the carbs a little bit, make my body kind of stimulate the muscle in terms of growth, yep, yep, and yep. then try and shred it back down again because there is just no reason for me to be on low carbs. Absolutely yeah. no reason at the moment. Yeah, I think, that's, I think you could definitely get away without almost bumping up the calories and seeing what your physique look like looks like and then yeah like you said if you, if you need to sort of reduce it towards the end um and then sort of like diet a bit more off then obviously you can do it but you know i think it goes to show that you were flat and potentially depleted as a result of you you know you you said you overate massively and then you're still fairly similar in terms of body comp and weight yeah so it shows that you were probably hella depleted on the on the actual show day itself the depletion was absolutely intense and amazing when it comes to that prep yeah, I'm probably I'm probably not gonna ever do it again. No, no, I bet. I'm gonna do a similar depletion, but honestly, that was just extreme. I liked my conditioning, but the size I could do a little bit more. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, yeah, like size size will obviously come with time, but fullness can be achieved really quick, and I think that's something that you can definitely bring to bring to Miami for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, what in terms of the, my final question was like. Really, when you went to the British finals, I remember messaging you just after, and you sort of ex- explained that you were maybe a little bit shocked. So, was your, you know, did you you won your qualifier, right, Dennis? Yep. Yeah. So when you went to the British finals, did you have an idea as to who you were competing against, and did you check out the competition, and and were you sort of worried? Did you expect to win? Give me an idea as to your mentality before the finals. Before the final, as soon as I won my qualifier and I knew that I was going to p- compete in the British finals, you know, I had to look at what my competition is like. Mm-hmm. So I did go and I did search around to see who won what, like which qualifier was the winner there. Yeah. Honestly, when I went through the people, I was quite impressed with some of them, but the guys that actually got my eye was Kirk Robertson and Jack Gill. Those are the two guys that absolutely got my eyes. Yeah. And I was like, shit, if I need if I want to win this, I have to step my game up. I have to put the standards as high as possible. Yep. And I went up, did my I tried to do my best and luckily I won. Came out on top. Yeah, I think and you got that right, didn't you? Cuz I'm pretty sure Jack came second and Kirk yep. th- Kirk came third. So you got that. Nope, those right. two those two were the guys that absolutely got my eyes. Yeah. I just thought, like, when I saw Jack especially, I was like, shit. <laughs> He's a big lad. Like, shit. Yeah. He's a big fucking lad. <laughs> but then again, I, you know, like I said, it's like Jack's Jack's 19. So, you know, Jack's that was his last year in the teens. You know, you, I think you have, what, potentially two years left as a teenager. Wow. Surprisingly, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. This off season. And next year, I'm going to try and become a pro. Oh, really? So, Is that the goal? Wow. Watch out for that. That's, that would be 
incredible. You'd be you'd be the first, you know, you'd be the first person to ever do that. I think I it's I know it's a high stretch. Yeah. I know it's going really really forward. Yep. But honestly, I think it's possible and I want to give it my best shot to see how it's going to happen. Well, you know, if you set goals like that, mate, you can only improve and you can only be, you know, really good and really, you know, competitive next year. I'll be certainly watching for that because I think, you know, I think I'm going to compete next year as a junior. Um, so you know, maybe yeah, in the BMBF. So um, oh. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe I'll see you in the overall at some show in the future. That'll be awesome. You um, will. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. My only other question for you, um, Dennis, is what what sort of the plans moving forward? You've given us a good idea as to what you want next year. What what's the what's the goal? What's the end goal for this year? Um, and where do you see yourself sort of maybe in the future in terms of like, do you see yourself in the fitness industry as a personal trainer or anything like that? Give us an idea as to what your plans are. Well, for this year, uh, the final thing that I want to do is obviously the Miami World Finals. Yep. I want to win that. Honestly, I'm going to try my best to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, I'm going to go into my off season finally after these three fucking dreadful months. <laughs> I can go into my off season. I can build up as much muscle as I possibly can naturally till the next shows comes up. Next year, like I said, I want to become a pro. So that's going to be a huge stretch. If I can do it, then fuck you now. <laughs> I'm going to try my best on that as well. In terms of if I can see myself in the future in the industry, um, honestly, I cannot see myself anything other than bodybuilding. Okay. When I try and do something else, you know, I sort of have an understanding where I can be, but bodybuilding is just like I'm made for this. Yeah, I'm definitely absolutely born for this. I want to do it and anything like personal training, coaching, whatever. I think I can do anything when it comes to bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you've got that passion for it, mate, you can definitely chase it. Um, you know, I'm sure there'd there's be a, there'd be a lot of people that would put their you know their trust in you to coach them towards a show. Um, I can honestly say this: one of the most rewarding things ever, coaching someone to a show and seeing them get on stage. It's fucking awesome, mate. So you know, if you it's if you ever when you see them win as well, it just puts yeah. such a face. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, it's it's an unreal experience, and yeah, I definitely recommend that. Um, one final question also is: where can anyone? find you sort of if you have like a social media do you have instagram or f- can people find you on facebook or anything like that because i'm sure a lot of people will be interested in sort of maybe following your journey to miami etc uh the only pl- i i'm quite limited when it comes to i thought you were uh, being like reached up but yeah. honestly if people actually want to talk to me and feel uh, and actually want to speak to me ask me a few questions just go to Facebook, okay. Dennis Meekoff, find me. I'm always on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely always. You will always find me there. Like, whatever. Feel free to message me whatever you want. Nice. Questions, whatever. I'm more than happy to speak. Cool. I'm sure that you might get a few teens, you know, asking a few uh, questions, you know, potentially about bodybuilding or prep or things like that. So, because, you know, people want to know what the answer from a champion, mate. So um, I'm more than happy to speak. Honestly, I'm more than happy to speak. Cool. I really appreciate that, mate. And uh, yeah, I mean, thank you 
very much for giving up your time for the podcast. Um, no problem, man. I'm more than happy to be here. Nice. No, it's been it's been brilliant chatting to you, and you know you you not only have a great physique, mate, but you have a, a very good personality and a great story as well. So I'm sure people have loved listening to this. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much a wrap. So thank you guys for for listening um if you can again give us a review on itunes if you can and also if you're watching on youtube give the video a like uh if you're on soundcloud then retweet it or replay it if you can and give it a love um and yeah i will see you back in episode 16 and uh yeah dennis say see you later and we'll go take care guys love you <laughs> love you bye <laughs>